And Barnes hits one high. It's a dig. What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Tap Room Sports Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks. Lats, joined with my man, Big Ball and Ben Larson. It's been about a week and a half, Ben. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. It was uh, it was nice to get those extra couple days. Our normal Tuesday slot was taken over by Irvin this last week. So oh, that was Wednesday it, uh, night. Or Wednesday? No, it was Tuesday. No, it was Wednesday. You guys did the, you guys did we the didn't college, do anything uh, on Tuesday. Uh, you guys did the college uh, on Wednesday. One on Wednesday, yeah. yeah. On Wednesday, or the, on Thursday. No, oh, Ben, you've lost it, bro. I guess so. It's been, been a long two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing, you, you had you had yourself a Fourth of July weekend. I see. Oh man, no. <laughs> yeah. A lot of lot of moving, a lot of moving shit from one house to another. So it's been a long, long weekend, long week and a half. So don't we're getting lo- there. Don't you love adulting? Oh yeah, exactly. Never, nice, man. never a dull moment. So, hell yeah. How you doing? How's it back? How is it being back in uh, in Vegas? Well, Ben, I absolutely miss the weather in the Bay Area. That's first yeah. and foremost. Uh, but I mean, it's Vegas, man. Summer league started on Thursday night. I yep. went out there and saw Jabari Smith and um, and uh, Paolo Bancaro go one on one. Met a lot of fucking great people networked so had a great time um Love it. also won some money on craps finally there we go there it's been a minute go. in the on the craps table but now i had a good i had a great night man i had a great night um oh yeah always always uh stoked to be back in vegas obviously but yeah i'm ready to win some more money man i need to win more money i'm addicted to winning <laughs> don't, money. don't we all <laughs> I, hey i found I a new niche ben so okay. obviously being back in California, there's no, you know, state regulated book. So you have to yep. use an offshore book, yep. re-registered for my offshore account, started getting back into live betting. Cause they offer in Vegas, they don't offer a ton of live betting options. Yeah, Dude, I have been hitting live bets, ridiculous and MLB overs. I, I must say on the MLB live overs that I play, I'm hitting like, 85 percent dude it is incredible uh how i can just judge if games are going to go over because i found this i found this like this little um this like special thing not a special thing but when there's big leads teams are going to put uh position players right they don't want to waste a reliever if they're down like eight or nine runs Yep. So every time a team scores like eight runs in the first five innings i automatically hammer the over as long as it's 
13 and a half or less. Okay. Because you're going to get a position player and they're going to score runs on that position player, dude. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And your San Francisco Giants today, you know, they were up 8 nothing. I took the live over 12 and a half. It was only 12 and a half. The Padres put in a position player in the eighth inning or in the ninth inning. I'm sorry. And the Giants only score one fucking run, dude. Yep. That is pathetic. Against a guy that doesn't pitch, they only manage to score one run. The other day, same thing happens to the White Sox. They get a position player in. Dude, with two outs, they put up like six runs <laughs> because yep. the dude doesn't, like, the guy's not a pitcher. Yep. They were just kept going yard off him, dude. So I was a little disappointed in your Giants, Ben. Yeah, I'll take the 12 0 win against the Padres any day of the week. <sighs> Couldn't score against position player, though. Yeah. Hurt my soul, that dude. That was the only w. that was the only live over I lost this weekend was that one. Eh, not too bad though. Not was, too bad. I was hurt, but I took the live over in the in the Rays Cincy game. Woo! Okay. That was okay. a beautiful play. There we go. Well, I, I see you're taking a sip of beer there, so we're gonna we're gonna kinda go into the beer aspect of the podcast. Sorry, I got off on a little tangent there. No, it's all good. It is all good. Gotta move things along though. So <laughs> Um, so wanted to let everyone out there know that we are a beer and a sports podcast, um, at least on our, our Sunday and Tuesday shows. We really kind of focus in on beers, what we're drinking and um, <clears throat> give it a, an out of five rating. We wanted to make this really in all the podcasts here at Taproom be really about like sitting at a bar, drinking beer and talking sports. And that's something that Jordan have, and I have done over the years in Vegas, in the Bay Area. I didn't get out to uh, to Seattle when you were up there, but I'm sure we uh, we definitely reminisce over some uh, over some beers and uh, and sports there. So oh, yeah. um, we wanted to bring that to all of you guys. We want to let you know what we think is a good beer, what is bad beer, um, and it may not be a bad beer to you if we think it's bad beer. It may not be a good beer to you if we think it's a good beer. So definitely want you to go out there and try those beers. Go to your bottle shops, go to your breweries, and uh, just pick something up. Yep. If you do want some good beer, make sure to go to Tavour or Tavour.com. Download the app. Get $10 off your first purchase of $25 or more when you use promo code TAPROOM. That's T-A-P-R-O-O-M. All you have to do is click on the app and automatically beer gets sent to your Let's go, y'all! Can't beat that. All you got to do is sign for it. So yep. um, we're going to be uh, drinking two different beers tonight. Uh, at least I've got two. Jordan, I didn't see a second one listed there, but I know you always have two for the the Sunday show. Yes, um, sir. And I like your first one. It's coming from a good uh, brewery that we've uh, reviewed a few times. I've been to up in uh, up in Reno, and um, man, I'm I'm glad that it gets all to the West Coast. So tell us about this one. Yeah. So this is uh, from Revision Brewing Company out of Reno, Nevada. This is going to be the Glitter Moon. With tiny unicorns, Daisy IPA. My daughter uh, said she wants this can, so that already Starting tells you again. something. But you know, I'm most uh, people. You know, a lot of people aren't really big fans of hazy IPAs. I actually enjoy hazy IPAs. It's one of my favorite um, type of brews. So I'm looking forward to this one. This is actually a double IPA. I thought it was a regular IPA. Okay. Screw me, dude. 8.5%. So if I start slurring my words, you know, I apologize. I haven't even had a beer before this either. So there we go. It's going to be go. a numero uno on the night, Ben. What are you sipping on? I'm going with, a, a you know, another West Coast uh, brewery out here that, uh, you know, is definitely well known all throughout the States. This is going to be from Lagunitas. Um, this is out of Petaluma. So this is only about 45 minutes to an hour, uh, kind of northeast of where I'm at. I'm more so just north of where I'm at. 
Um, and this is the stereopopic hop pairings um, kind of limited edition series. Uh, so this is going to be uh, volume five. Uh, and this is Strata. And I'm going to butcher this, but uh, Ukanut, E-K-U-A-N-O-T hops. Um, so you're going to get kind of that citrusy flavor from the Strata hops. Um, you're going to get kind of, uh, they say it's a, it's a stone fruit and, um, uh, like the fuck orange. is a stone fruit. It's a, <laughs> it's another one of the kind of tropical fruits. So you get those, those tropical notes out of it. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, it's coming in at 7.2%. So it's pretty, pretty hefty IPA just being for a, a single IPA here. Nice. Um, definitely has great notes of tropical fruit. I really smell pineapple, which, uh, you don't. I'm guessing that's going to be coming from that uh, Eucanaut hop, um, kind of the more tropical kind of flavors coming from that. So great, great series. Um, if you guys see it on the West Coast, definitely try these, uh, the Stereohopic. Um, great, great beers. One, three, four, and five have been on point. Hell yeah. Love it, love it, love it. Well, it's time to get into some sports, man. And, you know, I hope everybody had a great 4th of July weekend. Baseball has really been kicking into full gear. Uh, Major League Baseball, we're heading towards the All-Star break. All-Stars were named today. Um, so before we get into our midseason awards, Ben, I, I do want to ask you, who are some All-Star snubs, guys that should have made the All-Star team, or anything surprising to you about the All-Star game selection? Um, you know, Let's talk about it because I, I, you know, I, I have some issues with with some of the selections. What, what do you say? Yeah, I mean, I the the really big thing that I don't necessarily like is this kind of uh, this vet uh, extra, a legacy. Yeah, the legacy positions here. Um, it, it's just it doesn't necessarily seem too correct to me because we do have the voting for you know your your final positions there in the the all-star team. So I I don't necessarily like what we have, uh, you know, what we have with that. Um, My biggest snub, I think is Ty France from the Mariners. Um, He's really led that team. He's, you know, batting over 300, 15 doubles, 10 homers, 45 RBIs in his 74 games this season. Um, And if it isn't for Ty France, the Mariners are probably the worst team in baseball right now. Um, and Mm, I mean, they they just won, they went on a win streak without him. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I know. But the beginning of the season, they would not have been anything close without him. Um, so I I mean, I think that's a a huge snub there. Um, I would, I would say, I would say Logan Gilbert of the Mariners was more snubbed than Ty France because Luis Arise definitely has been better than Ty France. Like they're, no argument for me over there. Luis Arise also plays second base. He like plays first and second basically fifty percent of the time. So yeah. could maybe say something there, but he Luis Arise is a has to be an all star. There's no fucking way he's not an all star this year. Mm-hmm. I I mean yeah. I, I get Ty France, dude. I, I understand, but I thought like Ryan Mountcastle was snub from the Orioles. The Orioles have one representative. It's Pablo Lopez, their fucking closer, dude. Yeah. And 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 this is the thing. Like Mountcastle, I I do think I do think Ty France has been better than Ryan Mountcastle. I agree with that, but Ryan Mountcastle is the best player on the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, but Ryan Mountcastle hasn't played much. 
He's only what, if even twenty games? Nah, he's played way more than that. I'm pretty sure he's only missed like three games, three or four games. No, he didn't start until. Nah, he, the... he has more home runs than Ty France, and he only has like ten less RBIs. He's played... I thought he didn't start for. Hold on, I'm pulling it up right now. No, nah, you're talking about you're you're thinking of Adley Rushman. I am thinking of Adley Rushman. Yep, he's got 73 games for Mountcastle. My bad. Yeah, no, nah, he's uh, definitely thinking of Rushman. Because honestly, Ty France probably would have been an All Star if he didn't go on the IL two weeks ago. Yeah, that's what really hurt in there. But Logan Gilbert should be an All Star. He should be an, a definite All Star starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. He'll probably he'll probably get in there because Garrett Cole pitches the the Sunday before the All-Star game, so he can't pitch in the All-Star game. So mm-hmm. Logan Gilbert will probably get in as a replacement. Um, yeah. But no, I, t- I totally get the Ty France argument. It's just there's no way you put him in over Luis Arise. And Ryan Mountcastle has meant as much to his team, if not more, than Ty France. And and while I do agree Ty France's numbers are better, and so is a Luis Arise, I just think like the fact that the Orioles have one representative and it's their closer, I mean, that's kind of disrespectful, yeah. dude, <laughs> to a team that's been extremely hot the last month yeah. and a half of the season. Well, and, and kind of on the pitching perspective, too, I'd, I'd put Dylan Cease. I mean, yes, yeah. he's, got a, he's got a ton of walks, but, you know, in my mind, other than his walks, his numbers are nasty, incredible. Yeah, absolutely incredible. I, I have him as one of the, you know, front runners for the Cy Young. Um, no fucking chance, but I know, but I'll be, if that hit dude, (laughs) that would be a great bet to put on. I, cause I, I do agree. Like there is a chance he could win. Cause he is that he has that kind of stuff, Yeah, you know? And, and he's had like two bad starts this year. And one of them was against the Dodgers where he allowed six runs, but it wasn't even earned runs because it all happened on two airs. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I told, I agree with you. Dylan C should be an all-star. I'm actually shocked. He's not an all-star. Yep. But like I said, with the pitchers, if if guys go on the Sunday before the All Star game, they can't pitch. We usually yeah. see other starting pitchers get in. I think Dylan Cease will be one of them. Logan Gilbert will be another. Maybe even Tyler Wells of the Orioles could be another one. Yeah. If we look on the you know the opposite side on the NL, you know I think we could see Rodon, um, you know, being one of those replacement pitchers coming in because yep. you know he's he's been outstanding over those seventeen starts that he's had as well. Um, but on a team who's not really getting the traction that they had last year. So yeah, Andy, he had a few starts in the middle there that like in the month of end of May, beginning of June, that kind of set him back a little bit, but he's been absolutely electric. His last few starts. Yeah. He's definitely back to form. Um, yeah. I just think with pitchers, it's just so hard, bro. Like they should add more pitchers into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's been some, like how Spencer Strider not all, all-star in the NL, like, Dudes, well, we're missing a lot of uh, rookies in the, uh, you know, in my opinion, in the. the I mean, the fan game. voting is just trash. I mean, how does yeah. how does Shohei Otani get voted in as a DH over Jordan Alvarez, dude? A guy that is is arguably the MVP of the AL. Yep. Like it's it's a disservice to these guys, and I get I get the Otani praise, but it's like he gets voted in as a starting pitcher, which he's definitely a better pitcher than he is a hitter. And yeah. he gets started, and he gets put in as a hitter, and he's not even the best hitter at his position. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I mean, come on, dude! Like, what are we doing here? The fuck are we doing? Why is Tim Anderson an all star? Dude missed like a month and a half of the season. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, because of fan voting. Yeah. It's just it's uh, it's all bad. 
It, it is. It really is. There's a couple. There's a couple questionable ones here. Um, you know, on the the you know NL side, you could talk about you know Austin Riley being you know kind of one of those questionable questionable spots. Oh, Austin um, Riley's been great, dude. Yeah, I know. No, why is why is he not on that list? Oh, um, well, I mean, the Braves have like six All Stars. So that's true. That's true. <laughs> Matt Olson didn't make the All Star team, but I mean, he plays at first base. First base is really tough because Pete Alonso's there. Yeah, uh, Paul Goldschmidt. I mean, Freddie didn't make that list as well because of the first base yeah. issue. Is my guess there? Yeah, um, no, that's a that's a lot of good first baseman in the NL, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah a tough position to play they should just move over to third because we don't have a lot of good third basemen right now yeah uh, that was the oh and bobichet how the fuck is bobichet a fucking all-star dude sure yeah the fuck is Very this true. man what, a, what, what do you think about uh going? you know the only uh the only nap being there is uh is juan soto instead of josh bell mm, i mean let's be real dude juan soto is that good of a player he has like a yeah. fucking 360 on base percentage because he gets walked at least twice a game it's true. And, That's very true. And, and, and like, dude, it, we knew this was going to happen, Ben. We said it in the beginning of the year. Like, that lineup's so bad, they're just going to fucking walk. They're going to pitch around Juan Soto. I feel like his average is down because he gets so tired of walking that he, like, pushes. He forces the issue sometimes. You know yeah, what I mean? Swings what you shouldn't. Yeah. yeah so, I have, I have no issue with Juan Soto. I mean, you know how I feel about him as a player. He's yeah. one of the best players in the league. Oh, I think we can probably push that Josh Bell didn't get in because he plays first base. Yeah, that's a tough so, position, dude. Yeah. <laughs> that is a yeah. tough position. I mean, batting 304, 3D6, uh, OBS, 491 slugging percentage, 19 doubles, two triples, 12 homers, 47 RBIs. And he's going to get traded. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he will not be a national by the All-Star, I mean, by uh, August 1st, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy how NL is just so you know, first base heavy here. Yeah. A lot of good first basemen in the league right now, but I'm telling you, look at those third basemen, dude. There's not a lot of great third basemen around the league right now. No, that's a position that, you know, if you, if you good third basemen, you know, you have a, yeah, you you can make a lot of money and you could easily be the best third baseman in the league. Yep. What are some, uh, the first half of the season, Ben, what are some surprises to you or, you know, both positively and negatively. Um, first half of the season surprise would be, I mean, negatively, I'd probably say the regression of the Giants pitching. Um, what about the Angels? Know. Oh, huge! Uh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think we could definitely start there. Uh, <laughs> Angels offensively and defensively. Um, you know, even with Trout back and, you know, Atani hitting the way that they are, they're just not putting, they're not putting anything up. Um, I, I think we could say the Toronto Blue Jays is the same thing. They have the players they have on paper. They're one of the best teams in the league and they just can't put anything together, especially with two outs, especially with runners in scoring position. One in nine in their last 10 been yep. nasty yeah. stuff going on there. Not, not pretty there. Um surprises on the positive side the cleveland guardians um you know at least out of the al was the the guardians i did not expect them to be you know playing where they're at granted i do know that the central is kind of a shit show right now twins you know are are playing where they should be playing um chicago 
incredibly injured. Um, didn't expect to see that. They've been healthy for like a month, dude. I wouldn't say healthy. They got everyone back, dude. They got Anderson back. Yeah, they got like, Lewis Robert, uh, it's, Eloy. Yeah, but it's not consistent. It's a you well. Know, they're not consistent. That's the issue. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, then when they, they do, they're still hit, missing a player here or there every single game. But they haven't been for like the last three or four weeks. They, yeah. Who they've been missing? It's been rotations of things. It's been but the last three or four it's weeks been, they've they've gotten they have everybody back. Everybody's been healthy, and they cannot get shit together. Like when they can hit, their bullpen blows the games. Yeah. When they get good starting pitching, they can't fucking hit. And like they are so bad against right-handed pitching. Like they're one of, against lefties, they're number 1 WRC plus, number 1 Woba. Like they're the best team versus lefties. No question. But when they when they go against righties, you never know what you you get zero runs. I mean, the Tigers just like smack them around. Yeah. Bro, they had they had a uh, who they have in in town. They had they had a, a four-game set against the Twins. They almost got swept, dude. It went into extra innings. Yeah. They only took one of those games, and then they only took two out of they two against Detroit. Against Detroit, yeah. yeah. I mean, took all three against San Francisco. Though. In San Francisco. But that's because the Giants threw a couple lefties in there, and they <laughs> hit lefties, dude. That's what I'm saying. Like, this, this is a team that should be much better. Because I was going to say my biggest surprise – negatively has been how bad the White Sox are. And I do agree the first couple months of the season, they did battle through injuries here and there and they yeah. never had their, their whole lineup, but now they do. And they still okay, look like so they shit. still have Jake Berger. They've got, but Jake Aaron Berger Bummer, isn't the guy we, 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 Lane Sosa, Yasmani Grandal. Like they still aren't a full complete team. And especially, but nobody you know, is in, at this point. Uh, yeah. Um, I think our Indians are. <laughs> if uh, like when I talk about the White Sox, I'm talking Eloy Jimenez, Jose Abreu, uh, Luis Robert, Tim Anderson. If those four guys are there, they should not be this bad. That's true. Agreed. That's such a nasty one. One four, dude. One to four. Yeah. yeah. And then Vaughn has been really good this year too. Yeah. Dylan He's Cease, a- that you mentioned, like that's the other yeah. thing. Dylan Cease has been great, but outside of that, like their starting pitching, pitching has been hasn't been good at good all. all. Yeah. No, nope. not at all. Except against the Giants. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you're throwing in Cueto in there, it doesn't surprise I mean, me. Cueto's actually been good though. He's been their He's been second right. best starter. Yeah, which is that's sad. That is sad. When you've got Giolito. <laughs> Lance Lane has um, not been good since he got back. But, no. dude, we knew last year he wasn't that good. We knew yeah. the, the regression was coming. Okay, he got he was hurt. Okay, I give him that. But he was never going to be that, you know, sub-2-5 ERA pitcher that yeah. he was last year. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's just not who he is. Yeah. yeah. It's just nasty, dude. Do you think they fire uh, La Russa? I, I mean, I don't think they – if they haven't fired him now, I don't think they do it until the end of the year. Dude, I, mean, I, I think just we're think at like, that point halfway through the season where it's almost too late to do it. See, I don't know because the, you can't ch- trade everybody. You know, the easiest thing to do when things aren't going well is fire your manager. And I also think Larusa is like totally senile, dude. Yeah, like I don't I even mean, think he knows what's not, going on anymore. They're not that far back from you know winning the division here. I mean, they go on a hot run, and you know the Twins. They're not slow but, down. The Guardians slow down. They're back in first place. They're only five games back. It's not this. This is the only division within the American League that I can see something still happening in. I agree. Yankees way too far ahead. Astros way too far ahead. You know, and that leaves you know at least a wild card position probably coming out of 
the Central. So, you know, the Guardians could do it. The White Sox could do it. I mean, they're only half a game back on the Guardians right now. So, you know, they could easily pass up the Guardians, no problem. You know, they get hot, they can they can put a fight in with Minnesota. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree because they I mean, that lineup is is great, dude. Yeah. So that's why I, I'm I'm not gonna just write them off completely because I that offense can get extremely hot and once they get hot, they're one of the most unhit un like they're a tough offense to beat. Yeah. So don't know if they have the pitching, Ben. I yeah. just don't know if they do. And even if they do pick up a starter at the deadline, they're one, still, they're going to have to give away an offensive, you know. Well, they're probably going to have to give they, away a prospect or two, but. Yeah, I, I don't think they have too many prospects coming up. They should go trade for Ramon Laureano. Mm-hmm. That's who they should yeah. trade for because they yeah. need an outfielder, a defensive outfielder, and a guy that can fucking hit. But the problem is, is Laureano is a right-handed hitter. They actually need left-handed hitters. Yeah. Good luck with that. Um. Also, Big surprise to me, my Baltimore Orioles, Ben. They're going to make the playoffs. I'm telling you right now, they will make the playoffs. There is just, I get 2014 San Francisco Giants vibes from this team. Like, unexplainably, they just managed to win these games, dude. They're down three runs in the ninth to the Angels the other night, and they come back and win the game. Like, it's just crazy shit. Today, they had Angels, though. That's true. But today they put up six runs in an inning because the Angels had a error, a pass ball, and a balk in the same inning, dude. Yeah, I mean they're only four and a half games back from the first wild card position, so they're yeah, in the two games back from the the last wild card position here. And the Rays just put Wander Franco on the IL, so he's going to be like out. Three players on the IL today: Kiermaier, Frank, but Franco's out six to eight weeks. They haven't been able to hit the ball. They're 27th in WRC plus and 27th in Woba right now. So they haven't been able to hit even with Wander Franco. Yeah. It's just it's not looking good for the Rays, dude. And that no. opens the door. It isn't. Who they put? Uh, Kiermaier, Springs, and Franco. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. And tomorrow they're starting Whistler, who's a reliever. So they're really yeah. only hoping for one or two innings. And then he, they go into the bullpen. Yeah. It's just not a good situation for the Rays. The the Jays are spiraling out of control. Like, will they ever win again? I don't know. <laughs> They'll win again. <laughs> it's um, it's not looking good. Yeah, the uh, on the the West, the West, the NL side. Um, I'm very much surprised about the Philadelphia Phillies. What they've been able to do after firing their coach um, yeah. has has just been. I, I don't want to say impressive, and but Bryce it's Harper been a, getting hurt, Ben. And Bryce Harper's hurt, yeah, with surgery, um, out for what, like six to eight weeks, right? Um, probably will be yeah, back be by back the end of the like season. August, end of August. Yeah. But you know they've they've played very well after the you know the the coaching change here, which is something that we saw the Angels just completely continue that's their why, viral. That's why if you're the White Sox, why don't you just fire Larusa? Who knows what happens? Yeah, yeah. As you're wearing your Phillies hat today, too, I just realized that. There we go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Phillies, I'm, I'm really impressed with um, what they've done over, you know, the last, what, two months probably with the, the new head coach in there. Yep. So they've been good. They've been getting production up and down the lineup. Pitching has yep. been really fucking good, though. Zach yep. Wheeler, uh, Aaron Nola, both have been outstanding. And that's kind of, that's what they're going to need. And the bullpen's been a lot better, too, because remember, the bullpen was blowing a ton of games. They've been much more nails uh, yep. lately. So that 
if they can get that product, if they can get those that pitching, Kyle Gibson, Wheeler, yeah. Nola, because that was that was really our concern about the Phillies all along was were they going to be able to pitch? We knew they were going to yeah. be able to hit, and so they'll be. Able I to still hit. see them as a wild card team, though. I don't see them catching the Mets or the Braves. Uh, I mean, dude, but I do see them as you know Mets, someone who can. Ben, the fight Mets for that can absolutely regress, though. That's true. That's very true. You know they've Their been pitching has not been great. Yeah, and no Degrom, no Scherzer. Degrom yeah. is on back in a rehab start. Scherzer is making going to make a second start tomorrow against the Braves. Um, but outside of that, Bassett just went on the IL. Yeah, you know what I mean. And uh, Taiwan Walker has been great. I forgot about that. Yeah. But he. Will he continue doing what he's gonna what he's been doing? I don't know. And then their lineup has been very inconsistent. I mean, Pete Alonso went like ten games without hitting an RBI, and he still yeah. leads the league in RBI. He still does. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I, I, they they got to make some moves, dude. And their bullpen isn't that great. So it's like I don't. I could absolutely see the Mets, and the Mets do this all the time, dude. They're like they, they lose big leads, dude. It's just what they, they do. do. Yeah. The Braves are the best team in this division, though. Easily, hands down. Um, I I could definitely see. I don't think they'll win the division. Who? The Phillies. No, nah, the they, they won't win the. No, nah, they won't win the division. The I Braves are going to win the, the Mets, division. I think they'll see the Mets and the Phillies as two of the wild card teams, and then that leaves the Padres as that third. No, nah, the Padres will make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, as that third wild card team. No, nah, they won't. They won't. Okay. Because, dude, they, yeah. they, they've been so bad in the last, like, three weeks. They had a they were tied with the Dodgers three weeks ago. Now they're eight games back of the Dodgers. Like, and, and, they have a, and they have to play the Rockies this week, Ben. And the Rockies have won, like, 12 in a row against them. The, the Rockies own them. Hmm. I, I don't I, – I, we said this before, too, when they, were, when they were in first place. We said – both of us said – this team doesn't do anything great, but they somehow manage to win games. Uh, that's the kind of team that is going to regress at some point. And that's kind of what, what's happening with the Mets. Like, the Mets were winning a ton of games. They, the Mets led the league in infield hits. Yeah. You're not going to get a ton of infield hits throughout this, the course of a season, right? That's, that's considered luck, quote, unquote, luck in baseball. Yeah. So that's going to regress to the mean. And we knew their starting pitching was going to regress at some point. It hasn't, but their offense has. So that's what I'm saying, but the but the Mets have a much better lineup than the Padres do because outside of Manny Machado, the Padres fucking suck. Do you know when Tatis is coming back? Dude, I don't know if he's going to come back this year, Ben. Because it was supposed to be June, and then they're saying he still hasn't swung a bat like a week ago. Today, Tatis inching forward. What does that mean? He's is he hitting off a tee at least? Has he got to that point? Because he's going to have to make some rehab starts. He's going to have to, like... No, he has not... He hasn't... He has not begun swinging the bat full dude, speed. There's, he does not play this year. There's no chance he plays this year. Unless unless the Padres are, like, in the thick of things with, in the last month, I doubt he plays. Yeah. So he's expected to meet with doctors in Phoenix tomorrow. Oh, dude, he ain't The expectation that bro. he'll begin swinging full bat speed on Tuesday. Nah, meeting with doctors is not a good thing. Wh- what about their team doctors? Why does he meet with their team doctors? Why are they sending him to other doctors? Um, Christian would begin with T-work, need workout with rehab assignment, increasing the intensity of his work at shortstop, 
and in the outfield since his last positive meeting with doctors on June 28th. Uh, you, and he was told he was about two weeks away from beginning the swing progression. And that was how long ago? The June? 28th. June 28th. So we're ago. coming up on two weeks now. Yeah, which is why he meets tomorrow with his doctors. Okay. I don't know if he plays this, this year. Yeah. <clears throat> At the earliest, probably like mid-August, because he's still got to make rehab starts. You know, you got to get back to like major league pitching, dude. You can't go from like not swinging a bat for fucking almost a year yeah, to just going in there and facing major league pitching, dude. They're talking about him moving to uh, outfield. Well, yeah, they were saying that. Remember they were saying that last year when he like hurt his shoulder? Shoulder, yeah. Because he, t- he gets beat up. And, and to be honest, he's not a great defensive shortstop anyways. Yeah. Plus they have C.J. Abrams coming up much better with the glove. He's got to be – he's got to hit better though because yeah. they, they really are relying on him. I don't know, Ben. Like, I, I just don't – I'm not – I don't love anything about this Padres team except for Mackenzie Gore. And he got shelled today. He did. <laughs> so. He got the shit beat out of him today. I just don't love this team, bro. Even Joe yeah. Musgrove, dude. Like, every time he pitches, I'm like – I just – he he doesn't give me, like, ace vibes, dude. He's like a third yeah. starter to me. Like, he doesn't have elite stuff. I just don't love this team, bro. Outside of yeah. Machado and Tatis, I absolutely fucking hate this roster. Yeah. Even Tyler Rogers is good. They're closer. He's nice. But I don't like this roster. Yeah. Take the Orioles over them. <laughs> Telling you, Ben, those, those <laughs> Orioles are going to make the playoffs, dude. Oh, man. Okay. All calling right. it, I'm calling it right now. The or the Baltimore Orioles, who are 41 and 44 on the season right now, will make the playoffs. Okay, they will make the we'll playoffs. See. We'll they, see, dude. Ben, since Adley Rutschman got called up, they're 27 or I'm sorry, 24 and 17. Yeah, he's been a huge difference, dude. It's interesting. He, he has. He definitely has been. And it's not I even with the bat. They're a good enough team. It's not even with the bat. Their pitching has been so fucking lights out, dude. Yeah. I just still don't know if they're a good enough team. I mean, they're probably not, dude. But they, they just have this like weird, they just have this crazy vibe. And honestly, Cedric Mullins, uh, Trey Mancini, Ryan Mountcastle, um, who am I forgetting? Oh, and Anthony Santander, Austin Hayes. I mean, dude, that's yeah. a better one to five than a lot of teams. You know what I mean? Like, if you think about it. Like the back, the back part of their their lineup isn't that great, but neither is the Blue Jays. You know what I mean? Neither is the the Rays. I mean, the Orioles have a much better lineup than the Rays. The Rays just have good pitching. Yeah, I'm telling you, dude. The so Orioles to get into the playoffs. The Orioles are going to make the playoffs, and right. and we know the Mariners love to choke, dude. The Mariners that's, are going to choke. That's very true. All right, let's move into awards. We've been talking baseball for a, a good long time here. Well, we dude, to, this is baseball season, bro. Through. I know, but we still got half a half of baseball to talk about right now. That's true. And we're I'm gonna... getting low to my. I'm getting low on my beer, so I, we we're gonna need a break pretty soon. So me too, me too. I'm I'm getting pretty low too. All right, so let's talk about uh our awards half yeah. mid season awards. Ben, who's your AL Cy Young right now? AL Cy Young. Um, I'm. <sighs> I didn't want to go the same on you with this one because I'm going to go the same on you with the NL one. Um, so I'm going to switch things up with you. There's only one right answer in both the AL and Cy Young right now. Yeah. 
Um, I'm going to give a long shot here. I'm going to go Verlander. Um, 11 and three in, in 17 starts, um, uh, 0.225, um, uh, batting average with balls in play, low home run to fly ball rate. I mean, he is, he's yeah, Ben's digging deep to make, a, make an argument for Verlander. What's that? I said, you're digging deep to make an oh, argument. I, I definitely am. Um, you know, doesn't have the greatest strikeout per nine numbers. Um, you know, the, the person you're going to really pick up, uh, you know, is, is kind of the lead in that oh, second, I guess, in the, the league, Dylan Cease is kind of owning things there. Um, yeah. the strikeouts per nine, but, um, you know, it, great walks per nine, great home runs per nine. You know, he's got great numbers everywhere. There is one person that's a little bit higher. Um, but not everything <laughs> it's in it, but he's on the Tampa Bay race and you know, we're going to see that regression go down. Well, um, he's not going to regress. I mean, they still, they still don't even win when he pitches because they can't hit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unless he could hit dude. He's not, he's, he's got to pitch like zero run ball, which is very difficult, but you know, he does it pretty much every yeah. start he goes out there. Yeah. That's Shane McClanahan. Like, I mean, honestly, dude, I think AL and L Cy Young is like basically a wrap right now. It would take both these guys getting hurt for them to lose. I mean, Shane McClanahan, number one in ERA, number one in XFIP, number one in XCRA. Like every advanced analytic, you watch the guy pitch. I mean, he's almost fucking unhittable. Like he has to make a mistake, which is why he his home run to fly ball ratio isn't very, that very isn't that good because he doesn't get a lot of contact. But when he does, he usually makes a mistake over the middle and gives up a solo home run. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. I mean, I, I I think McClanahan is the only answer here. I, I think you're right. Um, but if it's McClanahan's to lose, um, but who's going to take over that position if he does lose is Verlander. So I yeah. think he's he's the number Plus two. Plus Verlander has the narrative behind him, like the old guy coming back from Cy Young. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, I agree with that. And then NL Cy Young. And, and Houston is just going to skyrocket the rest of the season. Depends on how long Jordan's out. <laughs> if he's out a while, dude. Yeah, it doesn't sound know. like he's going to be out for too long, though. Well, I mean, they put him on the IL today. Yeah, 10 day. Um, NL Cy Young, I think we, I mean, there's a really yeah. only one right answer here. Yeah, Sandy Alcantara. Yeah, it's, it's incredible what this guy is doing right now. He's on pace yeah. to become the first pitcher since 2014 to pitch 244 innings. Bonus question, do you know who that pitcher is? No. Johnny fucking Cueto. Interesting. <laughs> Very interesting here. Um, you know, I, I do I do think we could have probably two other people who are gonna be close. I don't think that's you know really going to come Max close Freed to and Alcantara and Radon. Um, uh, yeah. You know, I think it just again, it depends how the second half of the season goes. Um, but I mean, I think the big thing for Rodon is, is he's just, he is not allowing anything up in the air to get out of the park. Um, and, well, he also plays you know, in the most pitcher friendly park there is. Eh, not the most pitcher friendly park. Second, Even then he's sorry. not, he's not walking, you know, walking a lot of guys. He's striking the world out, um, which has been very impressive to, to watch, um, you know, being a Giants fan. Um, and, you know, that earned run is Again, it's not the best, but it's not it's not bad there. Um, I think you could also see Max Freed, um, you know, coming out of Atlanta. I love I think those, Max Freed, man. Those are two, you know, great long shots that, you know, you could put a little bit down and, you know, do it now. If there's an injury to Alcantara, 
one of those two is going to come be, on, man. Knock on wood, dog. Oh yeah, absolutely not. I don't want don't want an injury to to happen, but it does happen. Um, <laughs> and you know, those two would be some great, you know, great people to uh, throw a little bit of money on because you're looking at. Uh, hold on, let me pull up my side young award winners here. Uh, you put Max Fried is plus thirteen hundred. Rodon is plus twenty five hundred. Jesus um, so, Christ, dude! Like yeah. two weeks ago, Alcantara was like plus eight hundred. Now he's like plus two hundred. I see him at plus one hundred five. <laughs> Shit. Yep. Oh Corbin Burns plus five fifty. Uh, Gonsolin plus eight hundred. Dude, that's how good Alcantara has been, Ben. Like yeah. he's gone fourteen consecutive starts of seven innings or more, dude. That's yeah. incredible in today's age. And that, that's what I love about Alcantara, dude, is that he is an old-fashioned pitcher. Like, he pit, he's not afraid to pitch the contact. He will literally fucking challenge hitters every time because he doesn't like to walk guys. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he likes to stay in ball games and he likes to make sure that he is the only one that can assure himself a win or a loss. And I fucking respect that shit. Yeah. Alcantara is that dude. What's your – who's your AL MVP? I see we're both split here, but – it. I, I could go either way here as well. Yeah. Um, AL MVP, I'm going to go Jordan. Um, you know, it, it definitely is going to be a interesting piece to see how long he is out uh, with this injury. Um, you know, everything that I've read is it, it isn't something that's, you know, going to take a long time of uh, being. I didn't even know he you know, was hurt. Immobile. They said he's been hurt for like two weeks. Yeah. Uh, and it just kind of gotten. Was lingering. Point here. Yeah. And he was so, still hitting bombs. Dog. He had like eight home runs yep. in 12 days. Well, I think the big thing about Jordan is his, like, he he's really smart at the plate too. He will walk. Such he a will, good hitter, dude. Yeah, he will, you know, wait on his pitch. I mean, he's only four home runs behind Judge, um, and he's got a better better OP, uh, OBP, better slugging percentage, um, OBS. Excuse me, um, and you know, he is just he is that all around player, offensively and defensively that you want to see in an all-star yep no i agree like this one to me is like splitting hairs i would take judge right now just for the simple fact that like he's been a catalyst behind the best team he's been like a major part of it and he like he leads the league in home runs 30 home runs um and he's also better defensively than Jordan. yeah and that's really the only thing i would give over him over Jordan because i think Jordan's a much better hitter than aaron judge yeah so that's why like I, I, it's splitting hairs to me, dude. Like, if, if Jordan was MVP, it wouldn't shock me. If Judge was MVP, it wouldn't shock me. Yeah. I think both those guys are well deserving. All right. Who's your, uh, NL MVP? I think we both agree on. I think yeah, this is, this one's on this easy. One. Yeah. Um, this is going to be Goldie. Yeah. Um, the, what he's doing behind the plate is absolutely incredible. Um, little high on the strikeout numbers at 20% here. Um, but, you know, again, same thing with Jordan. He's smart. Uh, he's, you know, 12.1% uh, walk percentage. And that means that he's got a great eye for the ball. I mean, batting 340 right now is just absolutely incredible. Um, you know, 19 homers, you know, and, and 364 plate appearances is pretty damn impressive for him. Um, you know, with him and, or, uh, and Arnauto, um in St. Louis, this is a great dynamic offense. Uh, but it just, it's no, just they're the two dynamic that offense. The, sucks. Yeah, they're the two good things there in that offense. But um, now I guess you could go. Tommy Edmond is is playing well for his decent, yeah, decent there. But um, yeah, I, I think Goldie has it. Yeah, no, I agree. 
this is all Goldschmidt Salus. First in war, WRC plus, first in average, second in RBI in the NL. First in slugging percentage. Yeah, I mean, he's been the best player, hands down. Like, it's not even a debate. I still think that, like, uh, you know, Pete Alonso can take it if the Mets can somehow, like, if they can be the best team in the NL because Pete Alonso was a big part of that. But, like, Pete Alonso has been so cold the last two and a half, three weeks that he really has. Yeah. He really fell off here. And this is definitely a one, a one man race right now. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about another one man race the AL rookie of the year. <laughs> Julio. Yeah. This one isn't even close, dude. He's been yeah. by far the best rookie. First among rookies in war, second in WRC. Plus. Um, the only other. He, First in WRC plus in the AL, second in WRC plus amongst all uh, qualified rookies, yep. and he's on pace to hit thirty thirty, dude. Thirty stolen yep. bases, thirty home runs. So that'd be something if he can do that. He'll be the first rookie to do that, I think, since uh, Barry Bonds or Ken Griffey Jr. One of the two, yep. which is uh, pretty. Re- or I'm sorry, Mike Trout, which is also pretty remarkable territory. You know what I mean? Yep. He's been that good. All star selection, just easy. Yep. Uh, who's your NL Rookie of the Year? Because I see we're both split here, and I, I cannot understand why you picked this guy, and I got to hear this. I mean, just the numbers alone um, really are, are the reason behind this. Uh, this is one that I kind of had to do some digging with um, and and really just looked at offensive numbers here. Um, you know, low strikeout percentage, high walk percentage, um, you know, batting 285. Which who is it? Like, is I tell the people who it is. Brendan Donovan. Sorry, Brendan Donovan out of St. Louis. Um, 65 games played. Um you know, only two home runs right now, but he, you know, is leading the rookie. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Juan Yeps uh, has one more RBI than him, but, uh, you know, leading the NL in RBIs at 26, or I guess second. Um, and, you know, he's, you know, good OBP, decent slugging percentage. Not that great, but, um, you know, offensively, he is the biggest rookie firepower for the NL. I, I was shocked when I saw when I read that you had that there, because I th- I think there's two Atlanta Braves that could win, and the first one's uh, Spencer Strider, the second one is uh, Michael Taylor there, or Michael yeah. Harris. I'm sorry, Harris, yeah. their uh, center fielder yeah. who leads the who leads all qualified rookies in WAR. Um, That's true. He does lead all qualified rookies in WAR, but has a very low walk percentage and very high strikeout percentage. But what he does, offense. what he does at the on the defensive end, bro, I've seen that yeah. guy take away more fucking game-winning RBIs than anybody I've seen in a long-ass time. Like, he's so good with the glove, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, but my choice is Spencer Strider here. First rookie with two starts, 11 strikeouts or more, 2.6 ERA, 2.41 XFIP, and a ridiculous 13.68K per nine. I mean, this guy has been phenomenal, and he has a great mustache, dude, to t- top it all off. And he's a big part of why Atlanta's been so good lately, dude. Yeah. Because every fifth day he takes the ball, and he's giving you fucking shutout baseball. Yeah. He's that fucking good, and he has that kind of stuff, dude. So I got to go Spencer Strider, but since he is a pitcher, it is like he could always be passed up. Plus, he could because if he regresses at all, it's going to be nasty. And with rookies pitching, you never know because they've never pitched this many innings, you know, especially because he's a converted reliever, too. So we'll see. Uh, before we take, should we take a break and then do our top five after powering? No, nah, I think we just go to our top five and then we uh, 
All right. Then we move into uh, basketball and bets. So let's do our top five. Mid-season, we didn't get one last week. What's your top five this week, Benjamin? Okay, so uh, I'm going to kind of talk about these two together, my number four and number five. Number four, I'm going to go with the Atlanta Braves. Atlanta Braves, 52 and 35, 8 and 2 over their last 10. And number five is going to be the New York Mets, 53 and 33, 6 and 4 over their last 10. Um, I'm putting these two together because there is an absolutely big series going on in the next three days to determine the top of the NL East. Braves are trending upward. Mets are coming back down to earth. Um, I do like what the Braves did today, adding Cano um, just as a, a really a depth piece. I don't think he's going to be a game changer in any sense, uh, but he is going to be a, a good you know, depth, depth add-on um, and good in the locker room there. Mets lost a really tough one to the Marlins today. So uh, we are going to go with number four, Atlanta Braves, number five, the New York Mets. Number three, we're going to go with the Houston Astros, eight and two in the last 10. Um, I think we're really going to see the, the Astros really skyrocket through the rest of July. They have already won series against the A's, Angels, and Royals to start this month. Then they have seven games against the Mariners, six games against the A's, and two against the Angels and the Yankees. Obviously, the Yankees are going to be their only tough opponent going through the month of July. Um, so I see them really, you know, winning all but maybe that Yankee series. And that's probably going to be a split in those those two games there. Um, so good kind of on the up and up for Houston, number three. Uh, number two, I'm going to go with the New York Yankees. Uh, five and five in their last 10, uh, split their four-game series uh, with the Red Sox and Again, having a really tough, uh, tough two games with the Astros coming up. Um, so I think this is the regression period that you were talking about, them coming back down to earth. Um, we are seeing their pitching kind of move down a little bit. Um, and even though I hate to say it, these solo home runs that you've been mentioning over and over and over again, <laughs> they've got to be putting up more. Um, and, you know, with Atlanta, with the Dodgers kind of closing in, on their pitching dominance that we really saw the Yankees pull ahead at the beginning of the season. Um, I, I think this is where the Yankees moved down from my number one position into my number two position, which means that the Dodgers are back at the top. Um, seven game win streak, nine and one, their Damn last 10. Old ben. Uh, um, you know, won their last three series handily against the Cubs, the Rockies and the Padres. Again, not too tough. They have a really easy July with the Angels, Nats, Rockies, uh, Cards, and Giants. The Cards and Giants, I think, are the only ones who can cause them problems. Um, they're a better team than all of them. But, um, you know, the Giants step up for the Dodgers for some reason. Um, so I, I still think they're going to win every series this month. But I think that the Giants and the Cards uh, series could be you know, a little bit a little bit tighter there. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, I'm I'm surprised you put the Dodgers over the Yankees, though. Although They're I do, right now. I'll do. I although I do agree with what you said. I I'm, I'm shocked. Um, so my top five teams: number five, I'm going Atlanta, fifty-two and thirty-five. Um, Strider, Freed, and Kyle Wright are as legit of a one-two-three punch as you're going to see in Major League Baseball right now. Um, and if Morton and Ian Anderson, and you know that's funny because Morton and Anderson, Morton Anderson. Um, if those guys can just be replacement level, I mean, this is a team that is absolutely going. It, it's a World Series team, dude, because their yeah. bullpen is absolutely lights out. And then you mix in guys like Swanson having career years, Wilson Contreras, uh, Diarnod, Acuna, Matt Olson. I mean, this is a great fucking team. Michael Harris, 
this team is very scary, dude. I think that they definitely have a possibility to win the World Series. Um, number four, I have the New York Mets. Not by much, dude, Ben. I'm with you. You know, after this series this week, which I think the Braves are going to take first place, this is going to look a lot different next week. Yep. Mets just lost 2-3 to the Marlins. Braves are right on their heels. I have zero doubts the Mets will be huge players at the deadline, though. I think they're going to be very aggressive in getting uh, more talent on their roster. Scherzer is back. DeGrom can be back. If if those two guys are right, this could get very interesting. But, man, the Braves are just – that's a great team right now. That is a very great team. Number three, I have the Houston Astros. And this is interesting because I do think that they are the best team in baseball. The only reason why I put them at number three this week is because Jordan's on the aisle. That's going to that's gonna set them back because Jordan is that good of a player. Um and we didn't have a show last week, but I was I wanted to talk about it. The Astros went 14 straight games, Ben, without taking in that bat from behind on the scoreboard. Yeah, which is absolutely incredible. Even though they who, lost two of them, they, who did that uh, get snapped to? They're snapped against the Angels. The fucking Angels. Yeah. <laughs> the Angels. Uh, number two, I'm going the Dodgers. 100 percent agree with everything you just said. Um, and, and you're not wrong for putting in number one. I think this could be a flip-flop. And then same thing with the Yankees, number one. Um, 100% agree. They've definitely regressed to the mean. Uh, Nestor Cortez, four of his last star- six starts, he's given up three or, or more earned runs. Tie on his last three starts, 16 innings, giving up 14 earned. They lost three of five to the Astros, which is the best team they've faced since playing the Red Sox this week, who they split 2-2. And the Red Sox have dog shit pitching, dude, if we're being completely yep. honest, dude. Like, anybody should be able to fucking knock the Red Sox around. So, Yeah, that offense is strong, though. I knew the Yankees would – I mean, I would argue the Red Sox have a better lineup than the Yankees do. It's just the Red Sox have no starting pitching. It's terrible. Like, absolutely terrible. But the Yankees starting pitching regressing to the mean, which I think we all knew, and anybody that really watched watches baseball and follows Except baseball. Except for Yankees fans. I mean, I've, even Yankees fans I've seen on Twitter, they're like, because guys are like, oh, my God, Tyon and Cortez, blah, blah, blah. It's like, and Yankees fans are telling them, like, yo, you didn't think they were going to pitch, like, sub-2 ERA baseball all year, did you? Like, these yeah. are these are career, like, four or five ERA guys, dude. Uh, so, you know, the Yankees could very well uh, continue that. I just, I don't think their bullpen is as good, especially with Chad Green going down. And, you know, while their offense is has been hot, you know, Giancarlo Stanton fucking sucks as a hitter. He's just so strong that when he makes contact, it fucking goes 500 Sorry. feet. Yep. But he doesn't make contact a whole lot. Uh, Joey Gallo stinks. This uh, this lineup is like, like I said, the Red Sox are a much better lineup. Yeah, The, the Yankees are regressing. They're still a very good team, and they're going to be up there all year because they have such a large lead. Yeah, It's going to be hard for them to come back, but they're due for a losing streak, Ben. Yeah, absolutely are. All right, let's take a let's take a quick break, real quick, and then we'll hop back in here. We got some uh, we got some NBA news to talk about, and then we also have our best bets, of course. So stay locked with us. We will be right back.
ready? We are back. Thank y'all for staying locked with us. Getting off MLB. We got a lot of NBA. Not a lot of NBA, but we do definitely have some NBA to talk about. I don't think it's a soft mount, yeah. But, uh, Ben, we got to talk about our beers, man. Yep. It is time for the second beers of the night. You had that great one coming in um, out of Reno, out of, um, oh, my God. I just blanked on Revision IPA, or Revision uh, Brewing. Yep. What do you have for number two? So I'm keeping it on a, a theme tonight. I'm going both two hazy IPAs. So the first one is a double hazy IPA. Didn't seem like it, it was 8.5%, which is pretty good. Um, but this one's from Coronado Brewing Company, Ben. Okay. This is uh, the Mango Farm Hazy IPA. It's brewed with yes. mango and lactose, so you wouldn't be able to drink this, Ugh. with mango flavoring added. Um, this is coming at 6.8%. haven't even taken a sip yet. Smells very delicious, though. Nice. Looking forward to this one. What is it, a uh, percentage wise? Six point eight. Okay. Yeah, not, not too bad, bad, especially after that eight point five. Yeah. Nice. Um, so I'm going to be going with an IPA, uh, my second IPA of the night, and this is going to be called Hops of Wrath, and this is coming from Dust Bowl Brewing. Um, this Dust Bowl, uh, like I mentioned, what I think it was two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, um, I had their Taco Truck Lime, um, and uh, this is out of Monterey. Uh, so this is their IPA coming in at 6.6%. So pretty low on the, uh, you know, on the percentage there for the IPA. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll see how this one does. Oh, actually I lied. This one is brewed out of, uh, Turlock, California. So this was not nice. from their, uh, Monterey brewing. This was from their Turlock, Turlock, uh, uh, brewery. So, okay. Yep. Turlock, California. Shout out to Turlock. Exactly. I didn't realize that they had uh, two brew sites. Nice, dude. Looking forward to that one. How's yeah, it smell? Okay. Very hoppy. Uh, a lot of pine hop uh, notes okay. uh, to that. Don't necessarily get the uh, the tropical there. Nice, dude. Hell yeah. Looking forward to hearing how that one tastes. Let's hop into some NBA news, dude. So, obviously, I was out in Summer League this week, so met a lot of people that are connected and stuff heard a lot of stuff oh, yeah. a lot of nba stuff so i'm I'm, inter- I'm stoked to share it i'm not gonna say any names though because i don't want to get anyone fucking in trouble with sources and all that <laughs> um but i do want to uh talk about it because kevin durant before we went on vacation kevin durant asked for a trade yeah. right Says his two his two destinations he wants to go to is Phoenix and Miami, the two number one seeds. Shocker, Kevin Durant, of course. Yep. Um, and he still hasn't been traded. No. Nope. The Nets, when he announced a trade, the Nets went to the Nets moved to fifty to one to win the title. They've since moved back up to you can get them about plus twenty five, so twenty five to one. I mean, they're right behind the contenders and stuff. Um, not too far behind. 
Which is oddsmaker is basically telling you, Ben, that they don't think Kevin Durant's going to get traded. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? I mean, I think their asking price for Kevin Durant is way too much. Um, seeing some of their, you know, their their requests previously, I mean, you're asking for, you know, the Lakers to send over AD for first round picks and, um, you know, and other pieces over there. You're asking the, uh, the, the Wolves to send over Cat. Um, um, oh my god what's his name um, Ant-Man Ant-Man yeah Ant-Man four picks or excuse me five picks um, and and other players over there um, I just don't think that there's a team that's willing to get rid of their whole roster for KD well I mean that's um, what it's going to take uh, oh, absolutely it is definitely going to take that but I think the Nets want the pieces that all of these teams want to Not have as as a mix with KD. This is well. This is the thing. Kevin Durant goes to your team. You're automatically a contender. You're automatically a top ten team yes. to win the title. No matter who's on that roster, just KD going there. All right. So the Nets want that kind of value back. All right. The Nets don't own their draft picks. The Rockets mm-hmm. do for the next several yeah. years. Yeah. So it does them no good to tank. It does them no good to trade, let's say, the Phoenix Suns, Kevin Durant, and they get the Phoenix Suns picks because those picks are going to be meaningless because they're going to be contending, right? Yep. So I have Kevin Durant for four more years. He's 34 years old. By the end of his contract, he's going to be 38. I hold all the leverage here. KD, hey, man, we tried to trade you. We couldn't find a package we wanted. Sorry. What are you going to do? Oh, absolutely. Are you going to sit out for four years and wait till you're 38 and then come back and play? Yeah. No. Not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, there's no chance KD gets traded. Yeah. I would give it a point zero 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 one percent chance he gets traded before the season starts. Yeah. Well, and a big problem with that is Ben Simmons uh, being on his, what, the five-year deal after his rookie contract. Yeah. Um, and that knocks out a lot of players here. I mean, not that any of these would be pieces that would likely go, but that knocks out Luca, Trey Young. Um, Shai Gilgarius Alexander, De'Aaron Fox, Donovan Mitchell, Bam Adebayo, Jason Tatum, Cat, Booker, Murray, Porter Jr., Wiggins, and Embiid. Yep. No, there's no chance. And that would be a that would be a trade piece equitable for the Nets to you know to move them. And I don't see any other place that has. The you know the players other than maybe Toronto, but they're not gonna they're not gonna break up the multiple years of being horrible to yeah you know have KD there who I'm sorry there's KD can't do it all we've learned that this last year KD well, he can do, do a lot he can do a lot yeah absolutely he is again one of the best players in basketball at this moment. But the point for a team to trade for KD is to compete for a championship, not to give their championship pieces away for KD. I agree. Mm-hmm. But the Nets need to ask for that kind of return because they have no other option. Yeah. They can't just give KD away. It does them absolutely zero good. Yeah. Then they're just setting themselves up to rebuild for seven years. And that's not, nah, that's just not going to happen. Yeah. Kyrie, on the other hand, that's a different story because Kyrie's only signed for one year, mm-hmm. right? And the owner's already basically come out and said that he wants team first guys. Like he basically shit on Kyrie. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so I heard at Summer League, I've heard a lot of things, dude. I've basically heard that there's a deal in place with the Lakers for Kyrie to be traded. The Lakers are really the only team that wants him. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> like, And for obvious reasons, like they don't have a lot of talent on that team outside of LeBron and AD. And they need a guy like Kyrie, which is why they're the only team um, attached to Kyrie. However, I hear these kind of things, and then I hear guys like Darvin Ham talk, the head coach of the Lakers now, talking about what Russell Westbrook. Now, whether he's just saying the right things or whatever it may be is mm-hmm. one thing. Russ shows up at Summer League and is coaching up the players on the Lakers bench. Yeah. Shocker, they go on to lose. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how it works. Uh, but, I mean, I hear these things. I hear these things from from – legitimate people inside the NBA. I heard it. I heard it from somebody that literally works for the Lakers organization that this Kyrie deal is a done deal. But then I hear those things from Darvin Ham and I'm like, damn, I don't know. Like, yeah, what is going on? If it's so much of a done deal, why hasn't it happened yet? Because I think there's a, some, I think they're waiting until after summer league finishes. Okay. Cause Plinka has been out here. Uh, Sean Marks has been out here, the GM of the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, it's it's not a bad de- it's not a bad deal for the for the Nets because all right, you don't want Kyrie to play for you, obviously. Yeah, you know, but he could walk for nothing at the end of the year. Now mm-hmm. you could trade him for a guy like Westbrook and a first round draft pick, and at least get something for him because nobody else is giving you anything. Yeah, because nobody else wants him but the Lakers. They're the only team, so the Lakers have a lot of leverage in the situation because of that. Mm-hmm. The Nets don't want Kyrie, and the Lakers are the only team that does. Yeah. You know, so it'll be interesting, man. It'll be interesting if Kyrie gets moved. Does Durant get moved? I don't know. But I, I still think that Durant deals just – like the Nets just hold too much leverage there. Yeah. Well, question for you here is we, we saw, you know, we saw issues with Kyrie and LeBron in the past. Does that – but Play I mean, in. at the same time, LeBron's been the only guy that's been able to like get him squarely focused on yeah. one thing, and that's basketball. Kyrie leaves LeBron, and then the fucking flatter shit comes out, and yeah, just all these distractions, bro. But yeah. LeBron's but, been that one guy. But but that that's again something that scares me a lot is there's a lot of distractions in LA. There is, but you got to remember too, Ben. Like Kyrie's thirty years old now, you know. When he was with LeBron, he was younger. And he's still causing distractions. Right. But but this is the thing. When he was with LeBron, he was like 24, 25. You know, he's with LeBron for three years, and he's like, okay, I want my team. Like, I'm tired of being in LeBron's shadow. He goes and does that, and now he's realized, well, fuck, dude, LeBron took a lot of pressure off me. Yeah. You, know, Le- you know, being with LeBron wasn't that bad of a thing because he doesn't want that pressure. He doesn't want that spotlight. He's already He's already shown that. You know what I mean? He's made his money, yeah. So now he can go back to L.A., play with LeBron. LeBron can take that off of him because LeBron is the most polarizing figure in the NBA. Yeah, He is going to be the conversation. The Lakers suck, it's LeBron. You know what I mean? It's That's that's where the conversation goes. So I think that I think Kyrie honestly sees it now. He's like, man, I was hella dumb to leave LeBron in the first place. Like, I had something good going on. Mm. You know, I, I went and tried my own thing. I did it, but it's not who I am. You know, and I, I, and then again, the Lakers are the only team that wants him. So yeah. he could be like, I mean, they want me. 
I kind of want them. I don't yeah. know. Like, you know what I mean? I, there's a lot of, there's a lot of factors in here, dude, that are, unless, unless we're talking to Kyrie and I obviously haven't done so, um, you know, who knows what these, what's, what the thought process is. We can only, yeah. we can only guess. We can only assume. Yep. I mean, you think Kyrie, do you think Kyrie gets traded? I think Kyrie gets traded before KD gets traded. Absolutely. I think Kyrie gets traded. I don't think KD, KD yeah. gets traded. Um. Yeah, I just don't see. I don't. I don't see any team giving the Nets what they want, even if they add a three-team deal in here. Um. You know, I could see the Suns going going hard at it. I can see the Heat going hard at it, which is again two teams that that KD had on his list, and I think that's part of the reason why I think they'd want to go hard on it because KD wants to be there and he wants to win with them. Um. You know, I can. The Nets, unless they give, I mean, I'm sorry, the Suns, unless they give me Devin Booker, if I'm the Nets, I don't do it. And yeah, I, I it not, would have to be, it would have to be a team who would get Aiton and give, you know, a, a top top caliber All Star back to the Nets. Yeah, and when I first when I first heard the trade rumors, I was like, okay, like Phoenix makes sense. I can get Michael Bridges, Cam Johnson, DeAndre Aiton, and then some first round picks for Kevin Durant. No brainer, but then I was like, eh, "Like I still got Ben Simmons, like you know, how good is Michael Bridges and DeAndre Ayton? Are they really going to be like second, third, like level players in an East that's getting better? Yeah, Where I have to face the Bucks, I have to face the Celtics, I have to face the Sixers, the Heat. Yep, the, the Hawks get better. I mean, it's just if like that's why the, if I'm the Nets, dude, like I literally. Sorry, Kevin. We tried, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. If you want to play, heat, welcome back. Heat, if you the don't, big problem is, good luck. Yeah, the heat with the big problem is Bam Adebayo and his contract. Uh, what Simmons' contract? Yeah, but the the Nets already said they don't even want Bam. They're yeah, they want Bam and uh, Jimmy back for Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah, and that's not happening. But I mean, like from the Nets' perspective, that's not happening. I sorry, want... from the Heat. Sorry, for the Heat perspective, that's not happening. Yeah, the Heat. Because the, the crazy thing is is that the Heat are trying to trade for Donovan Mitchell now, reportedly, and, huh. like, the Jazz have refused every offer the Heat have sent them. I, I don't think the Heat have that good of, like... No, they don't. They think they have this great young talent. Like, nobody wants Tyler Hero. Nobody wants Duncan Robinson. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, good luck, dude. You know, no one's yeah. just... I feel like some of these teams, especially with, like, GMs like uh, and, and executives like Pat Riley, they... They think these other NBA teams are just going to, like, bow down to them. Oh, you want Donovan Mitchell? Okay, here you go. You yeah. know? Give me uh, give me Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. Here's Donovan Mitchell. You know? Yeah. Like, it doesn't work like that. You no. know what I mean? The Kyrie thing is fascinating because because their owner said he doesn't want them, and the Lakers are literally the only team that says they want them. So the Lakers yeah. have a little bit more leverage there. Yeah. Um, what do you think about, uh, what about, about this Rudy Gobert trade that, netted four first round picks well that's why i think it fucked everything up dude because if yeah. rudy gobert gets that i mean what's what's kevin Durant gonna get you yeah. know what i mean like that really changed Wasn't everything Stephen a smith who said he was gonna get france <laughs> <laughs> dude i mean like if that's what it they set the precedent you know okay gobert goes for this what is kevin durant's market value then yeah you know it's a yeah. whole roster yeah yeah so that's no, why i wouldn't be shocked if the if if they really ask the Lakers for LeBron and AD and stuff like that, it's not shocking, dude. Yeah. 
It's crazy. All right, uh, let's talk about Damian Lillard, man. Damian Lillard signs a two-year, $122 million extension at $61 million a year, Ben. What do you think about this extension here? I mean, it's a lot of money. Good, good for Dame. Get that dollar. Um, I just I think it, it straps Portland down. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of money into one player when he doesn't have the backup that he needs for them to be competitive in a really tough West. Um, you know, granted, I know the West isn't as tough at the top as the East is, but I, I mean, you put $61 million into to Damien, where are they going to get the rest of the money to pay for their number two, number three, you know, that needs to get better to make them a competitive team. Yeah. No, absolutely. I I mean, the Blazers aren't going to be competitive. Damian Lillard this week came out and he said, this is all about the team on the front, right? If a team on the front gave me $162 million too, I or 122, I don't give a fuck. I'm loyal to that team too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Dame's already he's already drawn his line in the sand, Ben. He's already yeah. said like he he's not gonna come out and say it's money over everything, but I mean let's be real. It's money over everything. Yeah. With that deal right there, it's money over everything. And because he's not making that team cat friendly for bringing in other players. Oh, not at all. And no one's ever really like been like Oh, we hold Dame to this standard of LeBron because he doesn't win. Like no one cares if Dame Lillard went, does or doesn't win a title. Yep. You know that's not the kind of player that we 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 perceive him to be. Yeah, right. We know he's great. Yeah, he's a, he's a great player, but he's not like a great player that is going to lead a team to a championship. That's just not no. who he is. You know? Well, he hasn't been given that opportunity. But I mean, like LeBron could have taken his roster to the finals. You know, prime LeBron, prime LeBron, dr- yeah, dude, prime prime LeBron drug the twenty eighteen Cavs of the finals, that's dude. True. That's true. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's very true. I, I just, I mean, CJ McCollum, I think is is a good player. He's doing great on on New Orleans, or he did great on New Orleans for this last season. But I, I just didn't see him as a you know legitimate number two like we've seen out of the well, West, who have had these one two three punches exactly. that have really you know pushed them into making the Western conference. Well, the problem is too, Ben, they're both small guards. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's what made the, the Warriors really great with clay and Steph is because Steph isn't a great defender, but clay was an elite defender. Yeah. Right. And then they bring in Wiggins who is, is an elite defender. So it takes pressure off the wings from, from Steph having to guard, uh, you know, a great guard player. Right. Um, and that's, that's kind of why I, I say like, I don't, think Dame should ever be that kind of player because I don't expect him to be a great defensive player because his size already puts him at a disadvantage. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the roster construction was terrible. Um, They should have moved on from the Dame CJ thing like five years ago, but they kept fucking beating their heads into a wall and that's called insanity. Yeah. But I mean, hopefully for Dame, the Blazers are competitive. I'm sorry, competitive. I mean, Shaden Sharp, their number one draft pick this year, was drafted number seven. Uh, he went down with a shoulder injury in the first five minutes of his first game, so he's out for the summer league. Not sure how long he's going to be out for. They haven't said whether he needs sur- surgery or not, but he was in a sling yesterday, last night. Mm-hmm. So interesting to see what's going to happen there. Obviously, you don't rely on a rookie to like really come out and 
produce like elite production, but yeah, I mean, congrats, Dame. One hundred twenty-two million is generational money, bro. That yep. is life changing. I mean, not, not like he the, hasn't made life changing yeah, exactly. money already, but you know, yep. congrats to him, man. That's a yeah. town legend right there. Is that highest in the NBA sixty-one? It will be when it kicks in, yeah. But someone's yeah. gonna get it. More money. I mean, Giannis, oh, yeah. when his extension comes up, will get Giannis, Luca. Yeah, all those dudes, bro. Once you yeah. get, that's the thing is like, it seems like a lot of money now, but in five years, we're going to look back and be like, damn, 61 million? That's nothing. This dude's making 100 million yeah. <laughs> a year, dude. I don't know. Just wait till that Shohei Otani contract, dude. Oh, that's my true. God. RIP to the team that fucking signs him to that. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to switch sports there, but. Ah, shit's crazy in a free market. It's going to happen. Yep. Hell yeah. Let's go, y'all. Let's get to some best bets, Ben. What we got on deck for Monday? All right. So we're going to go with two bets. The first we are going to go with, uh, oh, I got to get that page up. Um, The first we are going to go with San Francisco and Arizona over seven and a half. Um, We've got, uh, oh, man, my page is just slitched out here. Um, We've got, We've got two guys on the hill that aren't really pushing great numbers here, um, especially with Arizona being better on the road as they are at home uh, and San Francisco being better at home as they are on the road. You've got uh, uh, Merrill Kenny, Kelly going up against the Giants. Uh, Kelly is 7-5 and five on the season with a 3.42 ERA. Alex Cobb will be going up against the Arizona, Card- the Arizona Cardinals, Arizona Diamondbacks here. Uh, he's got a 4.7 ERA. ERA going. I mean, I'm all over the place with this. Um, but what does that mean is that they are going to be putting up runs here. Um, if we look at all three uh, times that these teams have met, they have put up over those seven and a half runs. Uh, they've got 11 runs, they've got 12 runs, and they've got eight runs uh, within those three games that they've played here. Um, and these two pitchers aren't as strong as the ones that. Uh, that pitched in the previous uh, the previous series here. So we are going to go Arizona Diamondbacks, San Francisco Giants over seven and a half here. Um, and then we are also going to go with the Boston Red Sox, Tampa Bay Rays. We're going to go over three and a half for the first five here. Um, both of these teams are offensively playing okay right now. Uh, Boston's one of the best offenses in the league. Um, and then we've got Tampa Bay, who is losing Wander here, but Wander hasn't really been all that great. Uh, but the thing that really gets me here is the pitching. Uh, we've got Bryant Bello, who is young. He's really young. He's going to be a great pitcher, but he did not do well in his first start. Uh, nine ERA on this season in his four innings pitched, allowed six hits, and um, I think it was four runs in those four innings. Um, so not too impressive there. I mean, then you've got Whistler on the hill for Tampa Bay, who is doing better, 2.58 ERA. Um, but last time he played the Boston Red Sox, he did get lit up. So we are going to go with Boston, Tampa Bay, first five over three and a half runs. Damn, over three and a half runs. I like that. The only thing I don't like is that the Rays cannot fucking hit, Ben. Yeah, they're they've been putting up runs in the last uh, last few games here. <sighs> Barely against the Reds too. 
My two best bets of the week, we're going to go Philadelphia Phillies, minus 115. Aaron Nola is taking the hill, and he sports a 3.15 ERA, but he has a 3x FIP and a 2.1, or, I'm sorry, 2.81x ERA, expected ERA. But more importantly, on the road in 55 innings, he has a 2.13 ERA, so he's been absolutely phenomenal. He's been great in his last couple starts. St. Louis's offense has been absolutely anemic, averaging less than three runs per game in their last 10. And the bottom of their lineup, five to nine all hitting under 200 right now meekless since he had his almost no hitter against the pirates has made four starts gone 23 and two-thirds innings three era 4.25 x tip and 4.4 sierra give me the phillies here minus 115 i like that value with aaron nola on the mound that's who we're backing and then i'm going atlanta braves ben i'm taking two nle's teams let's go braves minus 117 freed versus scherzer sign me up for this pitching duel but give me the Braves. Mets struggle versus lefties. 18th in WRC plus on the road versus left-handed pitching. And the Braves rake right-handed pitch, pitching, especially at home. Third in WRC plus and top five in Woba. Atlanta is second in run scored at home. I love the Braves in this spot. Max Freed, all-star, Cy Young contender. Let's go. Oh, yeah. All right, so those are four good bets for Monday. What is it? Monday the 12th? Um, definitely put those bets in Monday, the 11th, excuse me. Uh, definitely put those bets in early because we can see some fluctuation there. Um, but it is time to get back to our beers. We are going to be rating our beers out of five. We're going to be rating them on taste, on smell, on mouthfeel, on our, everything that, uh, is on this side of the sun. So tell me, Jordan, tell me about the revision. Tell me about, um, uh, your Coronado. Well, first I want to say definitely get on these bets first because, at first, one of my best bets was uh, 11, uh, over 11 Padres Rockies, and that line moved to 12 in like literally 30 minutes. So, wow, it tells you that that would have been a good bet, but I didn't. I didn't play it. I would still honestly play the over 12. But these beers, the revision, the glitter moon, uh, with tiny unicorns. This one, this one was good. It wasn't like the best hazy IPA I had. I would definitely drink it again, even though it was a double IPA. It wasn't too heavy, so it was a, uh, it was like nice and nice go down. Like it wasn't like hard to drink, right? Um, still wouldn't drink like a ton of them in a sitting, dude. But yeah, not at eight point five. Uh, I'm gonna give it a four out of five. Like I would definitely drink it again. I would buy it again. This Coronado, I'm sipping on it a little slowly, and it's not because of the flavor. It's more to do with that that eight point five kind of hit me like you know a couple sips in to this first one but this one's good um i don't really taste like the lactose it is um for a hazy ipa kind of a little sour it's citrusy it's good mouthfeel like it's it's soft it's it's good i'll, I'll give it a four out of five it's something i would drink again something i'll buy in okay two fours that's definitely not bad yeah uh so the first one i had was the I don't taste any mango though <laughs> at all for a mango beer that's uh that's kind of sad yeah yeah yikes sorry sorry how how are your beers um so the stereotopic number five stereotopic um I like this that was a good bottle. one yeah great great bottle here um all of theirs are just a little bit variation of that bottle and uh and logo there so i'm gonna give this one a 4.25 out of five the aroma was great very fruity very tropical here um mouthfeel was definitely a plus very nice and crisp um doesn't leave that kind of um that film on your mouth and you really couldn't tell that this was a 7.2 percenter um so this is one that you could drink and um you know drink a few of 
definitely might hit you at the end of the night if you're drinking three of them. Um, but uh, great taste, great, great aroma. I'm going to give this one a 4.25. The second one, the Hops of Wrath. Uh, this was from Dust Bowl. Um, this one was kind of meh. Um, I'm going to give it a three. Meh. Yeah. 3.75 out of five. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. Um, the aroma didn't really match the taste here. Um, definitely got kind of a piney aroma to it, but a kind of citrusy taste, uh, which was just a little bit off, um, which again, it wasn't bad, but mouthfeel was all right. It, it left a little bit of a film on the mouth um, as you're drinking it, but um, you know, it's, it, it is a crisp and kind of has that hoppiness to it. Um, the taste was meh, um, nothing special, nothing bad. Um, so 3.75, um, nothing to write home about, but, uh, still a good beer. Hell yeah. Let's go, y'all. All right, guys. So thank you all for listening to the podcast. Make sure to check out all of our podcasts coming this week with Jordan Swerven Irvin and myself. Uh, we're going to be yes, back sir. tomorrow. Jordan and Irvin are going to be here. Jordan and I will be here on Tuesday and then, uh, Jordan and Irvin will follow that up Wednesday night. Great podcasts every single day. We've got college football uh, roundups. We've uh, we've got baseball going on hard. We've got news coming out of every single sport right now. So we'll be tapping into all of that and we'll be drinking some good beers while we do it. Make sure to check us out on Twitter at Taproom. uh, Sorry. Oh, my gosh. I'm doing these backwards. (laughs) At Taproom underscore sports. Yes, at Taproom underscore sports on Twitter. If you're on Instagram, at Taproom Sports Podcast. Check out Jordan's, which is at Jordan Rules TSP. I'm still not on there, so don't even look. Um, <laughs> but uh, you can also go to our website, www.taproomsportspodcast.com, to check out all of our podcast info and everything that we, uh, we're in collaboration with. Make sure to check out, uh, go on to, I guess, check out Tavour. Go on to Tavour.com download the Tower app use promo code taproom when signing up and get ten dollars off our first purchase of 25 dollars or more that's free beer straight to your front door i'm big ball and ben larson here with jordan stacks on stacks on stacks lats we will see you tomorrow